Hey everyone, Dave DeBow with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, zooming in all the way from just outside of Philadelphia, we've got Ian Walsh, who is a very, very experienced real estate entrepreneur and a guy who knows all about hard money lending. So welcome to the call today, Ian. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So Ian, you got started in, in active real estate investing yourself. What what kind of stuff were you doing? Were you doing buy and hold? Were you doing flips? What were you up to originally? Yeah, so I started 12 years ago or it, during the first crash and it was uh, I was wholesaling. So I was out of school. I had no money. Red Rich Dad, Poor Dad, like probably everybody in real estate. And then saw that line about where he wholesaled a property in Arizona for like 40 grand profit. And I was like, man, that sounds that sounds like what I need to be doing. So then I learned how to wholesale. It didn't take very long to learn how to do it. And then I learned very quickly, it's all about marketing and making the phone ring. So that's where I got my start. I ended up rolling into a uh, property management business as that as I we grew away from the wholesaling, which looking back was just me cutting my teeth in the business, but I probably would have not have done the property management, but I learned a lot. Actually, when I say I probably wouldn't have, I learned a lot. There was a lot of sacrifice. It's really hard business to do correctly. But we did build that up, six, 700 units, sold it, retained some interest in, uh, to a company now in Philadelphia. It's got about 3,000 units. Left that fully. And it was about seven years ago, we decided we were going to deploy capital in, in my space for private money and so forth. Because just the background of being the amount of investing that we've done it just made sense. All right. Very cool. So let's talk about hard money lending and different financing options available for real estate investors. So Ian, a lot of people watching or listening to this probably already have some experience when it comes to real estate investing and getting financing. But those folks that are just kind of getting started or <laughs> some of us that need a bit of a refresher, can you maybe give us a big picture overview of what are the typical options a real estate investor, real estate entrepreneur has when it comes to financing their properties? Yeah. So you're saying private money or in no, no, in just in just in general, then we'll dial it right into to what you guys do. Okay. So your options usually to buy a property are going to be a few things you're going to have. Either you buy cash if, you're, if you got that liquidity, you use a private lender slash hard money lender. We're really the same thing for the most part, or you go to a bank. It's really pretty much one of those three. And then you can get into creative stuff like no money down, uh, subject to financing and stuff like that. I not, I'm not the biggest fan of that stuff, but those are really your options that I'm aware of that I've ever made aware of in terms of leveraging to buy a pro or get a property. Seller financing, you know, is in there too. So does that answer your question? Yeah. So for sure. What are the biggest differences between, let's say, going to a bank to get a mortgage versus going to a hard money lender to get financing? What, what are the big right. So a bank is typically going to be in a position. So the bank, um, bankers are not investors first by nature. They're bankers, which means they're underwriting you rather than your deal. And really when you're in the, they're not really fit for our space because my space is built on the investment properties. Like that's, I have to underwrite the property first and then I borrow or second. And when you do that in reverse, you miss the essence of what private lending and hard money lending is and you run into trouble. So a bank is usually going to say, all right, bring in your W-2s, your tax returns, your DNA. I got to know everything about you because I have no idea what a, what a house is worth. And they're going to go, oh, I'm going to get an appraisal and that'll tell me what it's worth. If you're in this business long enough, you've seen enough appraisals be way off. So putting hard earned cash against an appraisal because an appraiser said it, 
I mean, there's some good appraisers, but there are some really bad ones too. So not the business for instance. And it's going to take you significantly longer to close on a deal that you probably banks aren't even interested. They're not interested in that $50,000 shell that is ready to fall over. That's going to be worth 300,000. They don't care. Like most part, they just, it's just not their world. Their world is a paper buy renovated house, move in 700 credit score, live there for 30 years and pay them, you know, 5% interest. Private and hard money is going to be a lot more flexible. We're about speed. We're about analysis, quick analysis on the property first. And that's really, you know, I've been prepared to close the same day. Got an inquiry in the morning, close in the afternoon. It was the borrower that screwed up. But, you know, that's the speed that you're looking at. And if I ever see a house in my inventory that's fully renovated, I'm going to go, something's wrong. Because that's, you know, if you're bringing me a house that's fully renovated, you don't know what you're doing. Bank wants to see that house. I want to see the house that is just enough to be off the ground. You got a foundation, you got some framing. You know, that's what I'm looking at. So we're really lending and looking at different things. Yeah. Okay. Very good explanation. So to summarize it, yeah, banks are in the business primarily of lending money to mom and pop home buyer that are going to live there. It's a pretty house already. And you're more in the business of loaning based on the, not just the current value of the property, a real value of it, but also where it's going to get to in the not too distant future. So, okay. So, so you talked a little bit about hard money lenders versus private lenders. What What's the difference there? What's one versus the other? So a hard money lender, I mean, it's, it's really terminology and what people kind of see in the industry is what it is. We're all the same. Well, here's where we're not the same. Private lenders, it depends how the company's built. So you have like private lenders, which might be somebody maybe just sold their business. They got a few million bucks. They want to deploy it on the streets. You'll find them sporadically throughout your, every market has them. But two or three million bucks, it sounds like a lot. It is a lot of money to an individual, but it's not a lot of money in regards to lending. You need, we deploy 40 million a year, something like that in our space. You could deploy a hundred. You need to have that kind of space to really be a private lenders. But the way the deals are analyzed and how it's set up. So what we just had was a run up uh, during the last cycle. And you see it's towards the top of every cycle. Money gets cheap or easy to access and crashes. And that's what happened. All my competitors got knocked out of business. So what was happening though, is so you have the private lender mom and pops, and then you have a few companies similar to ours. We're, we're a little bit more rare where we have the capacity of the bank back lender, but we operate like the mom and pop lender. Whereas I can make a decision very quickly. I do the underwriting. I don't use appraisers and we can deploy pretty much unlimited capital. And that was a hard way to build our business over the last 10 years. The third tier of that, which is what most people run into with hard money, but lending right now are like, what happened was banks got really attracted to the fact that interest rates were so low and they were like, oh, we can make like 10, 12% on our money. That spread was very attractive to them to deploy a lot of capital while the interest rates are so low. So really what happened was banks in the back door came in and they, they talked to lenders that were probably trying to raise capital 10 years ago and try. That's hard. It's hard to do. And they said, hey, take the apple on the tree and we'll give you 10 to 1 leverage on your money. So meaning if I have 10 million, now I have 100 million based on the bank. That's a very attractive proposition because you go, wow, my business can explode overnight. We decided not to do that. We knew through multiple other companies built like ours that that is a trap. And what happens is when you get toward, while on the ride up, it's okay. You know, you're still cost cutting and there's a whole bunch of reasons that it's not, I think that appealing. But what ends up happening is when you get near the top, as soon as the banks scare, right? These are bankers, not investors first. They pull their money off the secondary markets that need to be sold. So if you're being, if you're, all your funding is from a bank and all of a sudden they go, guys, we're holding off. Like the week of COVID, all my competitors shut down because they were like, the banks just said, 
we're done. Everything's being pulled. And you're like, you're looking around, you got staff, you got payroll, and you're going, what do you mean we're done? And it's just like that overnight, 24 hours, people get wiped out. So really what's happening is I always tell people, ask the hard money lender where their funding source is from. Because if it's not pri- truly privately funded and there's a bank funding that money, it's okay because there's a place for that. Not in this market though. In a, in a market rising, sure. But know where your money's coming from because if you're just really being underwritten by a bank, you have somebody else running that business. So there's a big difference on the like the inside baseball of who you're talking to and how private and hard money kind of are broken up. But you can call us whatever you want. You can call us all private money, hard money, it's just terminology, mm-hmm. easy money, soft money, I've heard it called whatever. Mock I guess it kind of gets gets down to the the level and the professionalism of it. So somebody who's got an individual who's got some deep pockets or got home equity line of credit or is kind of like a private lender private money in that respect. You guys make a business out of it. It's your full-time thing. You take it a lot more seriously. Okay. Well, cool. Thanks very much for for that explanation. So for you guys, like you, you went from doing wholesaling to property managing. If you don't mind me asking, how did you how did you accumulate 40 million to start lending out or or how how did that all come to come to be? Track record, honestly. Like we didn't start with 40 million. That would have been nice. Um yeah, no, no. That that took time to build. It was track right. Like when you don't need money, everybody wants to give it to you. And when you do need money, nobody wants to give it to you. Right. So like, you know, now we just turn a lot of people, we don't do really capital raises or anything in the beginning. It's like, you know, it was hard. Yeah. You have like a few million bucks and you're, it's hard. It's a hard juggle, but you do the proper underwriting, you return the money, you do the responsible thing for investors. You make the deals whole, you know, we're very transparent. Everything is run the way you'd want your money handled. And then, so, you know, we've got a few large clients that then have friends, family that all of a sudden it's like, every time we meet with them, they're trying to like hand you like a check on the side to try to get more money in because we're not taking any or whatever. So it's like, I don't remember what year it was, but there was one of the years along the way of the build. It was like, okay, we need like no more money. We don't, you don't ever want to have the pressure of deploying capital either. That's very important for underwriting. So like there's a certain point where you're like, look, if I try to, because you're asking me to deploy your money, if I try to deploy that money, I'm putting it at risk for pressure to deploy it on a bad deal. I'm not doing that. And we've always held to like, we will lend to the capacity of the deals in front of us, not the money that's in the bank. All right. Very good point. So Ian, from your point of view, being the guy that's lending the money, what are some of the big mistakes you see real estate entrepreneurs making when they're trying to get the money? Right. So that's pretty common. I mean, this is like, I've, I've been asked that question a lot and I don't feel like anybody listens to this answer, but um, you know, I get a hundred inquiries a day or whatever it may be. And the majority, I would fund every single one of them if they were deals. So, and if people knew their numbers and I'm not kidding, like that's not an open promise. That is legitimate. Of those hundred fund, maybe one to three a day. Right. So it really comes down to most people don't do the due diligence to ask somebody for a couple hundred thousand dollars. Like that's what you're doing. You're asking somebody for, and it's legitimately, it could be my money in that deal. So you're asking me, you're calling me up on the phone. I don't know you. And you go, Hey, let me get a couple hundred grand for this deal. Okay. Like if somebody called you and asked you that question, I would say, what do you know about it? Really what I'm asking for, I don't want a story is the numbers. Like I'm a numbers guy. I need to know what is the address? What are the renovation costs and what is the acquisition price? Within like under 30 seconds, I can tell what kind of a caliber borrower I'm dealing with, if they know their market, if their construction numbers are right, all that stuff I can tell right away. And it's not because it's magic. It's just because I've done it thousands of times at this point and I can see like, so if you're calling a private lender, not a bank lender, bank lenders don't know 
if you're yeah. good or you're not good, whatever. If you're calling a private lender, know your numbers. And I mean, like, even if you're new, which is fine. I know I have a lot of new borrowers that I deal with, but when they come in researched and understood and understand their values, they understand what a house is truly worth on the back end and their comps are run correctly. They're not giving me comps from three miles away. You know, their construction numbers are within, you know, 10% one way or the other, what they should be from, because I know where they should all be along the way. You know, then I'm looking at this going, okay, either you're gain this knowledge somewhere else in your life, or you've done enough research to ask somebody for several hundred thousand dollars. Either way, I'm much more comfortable. It's when you come in and go, I need like 10 grand. I'm buying it for, you know, 90 and I can resell this for 120. <laughs> you know, like, and I get those all the time. Those are the scenarios that really make me shaky. So it's knowing your numbers and just spending the time to jumping on Zillow and sending a few deals over or a few properties that you see is not, that's not how you properly approach a private lender. Just pay the respect to the money you're asking for is usually the best rule of thumb. Excellent. Yeah. Very, very good advice. Ian, time flies when we're having fun. If I think you've put together a special report for people on what they need to have lined up to request private money or, or something like that. Right. About that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seven steps of securing our money. If anybody wants to email me for it, I'll happily send them a free link to it. Perfect. Or do you have a website people can go check things out at? Yeah, that big obnoxious thing that you can't even see the site. You know, and I have this stupid thing behind me and nobody's even going to know what that is, right? <laughs> but Hard Money Bankers, that's an M in between. It's hardmoneybankers.com, hardmoneybankers.com. Fantastic. Very good. Well, thank you very much for your time today. It's been great. Thank you for having me. All right, everybody, take care, and we'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes, give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com. Again, InvestorAttractionBook.com. Take care.